0: So we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 to 13, which we've already read together. The Lord's Prayer, as we like to call it, is recorded in Matthew 6 and also in Luke 11. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it should more accurately be called the Disciples' Prayer, because really it's a prayer for you and me. The Lord's Prayer is truly a wonderful prayer. It is filled with powerful truth. And it is right to pray the Lord's Prayer just as it is written. Aside from anything else, it is Scripture, and it's always good to pray Scripture. However, Bible scholars tell us that generally, primarily, the Lord's Prayer shows a pattern for prayer. The Lord's Prayer begins by acknowledging God. It begins with worship, putting Him first, and then moves on to our requests. It starts with his honor, his kingdom, his glory, then our daily bread. And maybe that would be a help to you to follow that pattern. It's a very simple pattern. Maybe in your devotional life, when you when you draw aside to first of all just focus on him and worship him and express your praise and adoration to him just for who he is. Just to bow down, just to let your words flow and then move into your requests. So, the Lord's Prayer is pretty much in two parts. The first part is about God's agenda, God's priorities, and the second part is about our requests, our needs, our agenda. So, let's look at the first part this week, verses 9 to 11, and the second part next week, verses 12 to 13. The prayer begins with a line of introduction, verse 9 Our Father in heaven. Jesus could have said, My Father. ...rather than our father. But here Jesus is trying to remind us... ...that we are family. He's not just my father. He is my father. But he is our father. We are all sons and daughters... ...of the living God. Through the blood of Christ... ...we are brothers and sisters. There is no room... ...in God's family for anything... ...that smacks of an attitude of superiority... ...or discrimination... We are all sinners saved by grace. In Galatians 6.10 it tells us, Let us do good to everyone, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do good to everyone. Do good to those outside the church. But while you're doing that, don't ever get too busy to neglect your immediate family, but also the wider family, the church, the brothers and sisters in Christ. God is my father. He is my father. But he is also our father. No one in this room, no one in the church, is superior. No one is inferior. We are all works in progress. Do you agree with that? Nobody's arrived. Nobody has yet been made perfect, as the Apostle Paul says. But I press on, says the Apostle Paul. We're not there yet, but we press on. We're not the finished article, but the good news is that God continues with us. May love and grace abound in this family of ours, this wonderful family of over 70 nations. May we be encouragers to one another, joining our voices in prayer and praise and worship. Joining our gifts and our energies in mission so that our Father in heaven gets all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. May we live increasingly in such a way among each other, the way we treat each other, the way we work hard understanding each other across the cultures, across so many things that could divide us, yet we refuse to let them divide us. Because by the grace of God we press in. And through our community life together, may His name be held in highest honor. Our Father in heaven. There is a wonderful contrast in this introductory line see god is our father and that speaks of relationship it speaks of intimacy in romans 8:15 paul tells us we receive the spirit of sonship and by him we cry abba father it brings in the whole truth about adoption we have been adopted into his family by the spirit of god god is our father but notice he's our father in heaven he is the God who is near. He is the God who is our Father, but He's also the God who is high and exalted. He's our Father in heaven. He's majestic and splendid. He occupies heaven's throne. He is to be reverenced. We are to approach Him with awe and intimacy. We are to wrap ourselves in His arms and bow down on our knees. The psalmist says, splendor and majesty are before him, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. In Exodus fifteen eleven, the question is asked, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders. Who in this whole universe, in this cosmic realm, who is there that is like you, O God? And the answer is nobody. No one and nothing compares to him. And the wondrous truth is this. This awesome, majestic, glorious, doing wonders God, He is our Father. How encouraging is that this morning? He is the God of heaven, yet He is the God who is with us. He is the God who is far above all, yet He is the God who is for us. And if this God is for us, nothing and no one can successfully be against us in Jesus' name. The God who fills heaven and earth, this God, Is our Father. And when you pray the Lord's Prayer. And I want to ask you. That at some point at least once in the next week. Or maybe you would do it every day. You just go through the Lord's Prayer. And pray the Lord's Prayer. And I ask you to stop at each line. Maybe each couple of words. And let them be a prompt. Into worship. A prompt into prayer. So you read our Father and stop. And remember our Father. Remember Bridge Community Church. Begin to pray for your brothers and sisters. The people you're sat next to right now. The people that you hug when you see them. The people that bring a smile to your face. And even the ones that bring a frown to your face when you see them as well. Remember, our Father, we are family. Begin to pray that God will pour out His blessing on the people in this family. And as you move on to our Father in heaven, begin to remember this almighty, all-powerful God. He's the God who is your Father. And begin to worship Him and thank Him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means holy. Some translations say honoured. This is not a statement. It is actually a prayer request. Jesus taught us to pray this. It's a prayer request that says, Let your name be treated as holy. God is already holy. We're not praying that God be made holy. He already is holy. The psalmist tells us, Psalm 111 verse 9, holy and awesome is his name. The prayer is that people's eyes will be open, that our eyes will be increasingly open, that the eyes of the world will be increasingly open to see the holy one. There are two dimensions to this prayer request. One is about worship, and the other is about evangelism. May your name be holy in my life, in my decision-making. Is there a decision before you right now? Is there a choice that you have to make? Is there something that you are wrestling with? Will one choice bring his name into disrepute And another name Another choice see his name held in high honour That's the choice That's what we're saying when we pray this prayer Holy be your name in my life In my decision making Holy be your name in the way I treat my wife And all the wives said Holy be your name in the way I treat my husband And all the husbands said Oh that was just miserable I gave you an open goal there, guys. That should have been a... You see, because in the nitty-gritty areas of life, it matters. Really matters. Will my desire for the holiness of His name actually make a difference to the words that come out of my mouth? And the way I treat the people in my family? Holy be your name... In my workplace, around my colleagues, in the way I carry myself. In the leisure centre, holy be your name. You see, our lifestyle is worship. It's not just singing songs, that's a part of worship. It's not just proclaiming scripture, that's a part of worship. It's not just prophesying and making declarations, it's a part of worship. Worship is our lifestyle. It's everything, it's the nitty gritty practical areas of our lives. Hallowed, holy, honoured, be your name in my life. There's also an evangelistic aspect to this. It is a cry to say, may your name be hallowed, may your name be held in high honour throughout the earth. One commentator puts it wonderfully. He puts it like this. May your existence be universally believed, your perfection revered, loved and imitated, your supremacy over all things acknowledged. May people of every nation, every tribe, every tongue come to a place of knowing your name, loving your name and honoring your name. And you can take these words that Jesus gave us and you can use them as a simple but powerful intercession evangelistic tool. You can do a little prayer walk. You don't even need to tell us you're doing it. You can just do it. I hope you prayer walk regularly and you can go out and there's bound to be some nice warm summer's nights in June A little 20 minute walk. Maybe gather a few friends. And yes, you can walk down your street. And you can just begin to pray. Among my neighbours. May your name be honoured in Jesus name. Let them see your name as holy. In the name of Jesus. In this community. In that school that's on our patch. That primary school. As we walk by. We pray. Blessing in Jesus' name. And may your name be holy in that place. In that GP surgery. May your name be holy in that place. In that care residence. Wherever it is, you begin to take ownership, spiritual ownership, for the area that you are in. And we begin to pray, your kingdom come, your name be held in high honor. Gather with us in Millennium Square. Right at the heart of the city. Let us pray, in this city, may your name be seen as holy in Jesus' name. For the children in this city and the children in this nation, we cry out, honoured be your name. I pray for the up and coming generation. I pray, let there be a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. For our young people that gather on a Friday and a Sunday morning, may they grow to love your name. May their lives bring great glory and honour to your name. We pray for our sons and daughters. We pray for those who are at the moment far away from you. We pray may they come to a place where they have a passion for your name. In their lives we pray, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. It may surprise you to know, but the kingdom was the theme Jesus talked about most. Out of all the topics he talked about, he talked about the kingdom more than anything else. The phrase, the kingdom of God, is mentioned 53 times in the Gospels. 53 times. Matthew tends to use the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. Probably, because as a Jew, he didn't want to use the actual name of God, but they are one and the same thing. Mark 1.15, Jesus says... The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The Greek word translated kingdom means rule or reign or authority. When we pray your kingdom come, we are praying for an increase of his reign, an increase of his rule right here, right now on earth. What might that look like? Well, in Matthew 12:28, Jesus says, If I drive out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In Luke 4.18, Jesus read these words from Isaiah the prophet. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In Romans 4.17, it tells us, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the kingdom of God is when people respond to the gospel. It's when the poor are lifted out of poverty. It's when the oppressed are set free. It's when healing comes and deliverance and when peace and righteousness break out. Do you need an outbreak of peace? In your home. Pray your kingdom come. Do you need an outbreak of peace. In that work situation. Pray your kingdom come in Jesus name. Is there a conflict that that troubles you at the moment. That you are facing something that you are not looking forward to. Begin to pray right now. Your kingdom come in Jesus name. For his kingdom is about righteousness and peace and joy. Is there a situation that is not righteous. It's just not righteous and it disturbs you. Begin to pray right now. Your kingdom come in the name of Jesus. When God's kingdom comes, righteousness, peace, joy, healing, deliverance, all these things flow. So we cry out with all our hearts, your kingdom come in Jesus' name. May your reign and your rule increase. May the lost be found. May the poor flourish. May the oppressed be set free. May the darkness be scattered. Jesus told parables to trying to help us get our head round what this kingdom is. Matthew 13 has a number of parables, all designed to tell us about the kingdom. So Matthew 13:31, Jesus tells us, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. A man plants it, and though it is small, it grows to be a huge tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch on its branches. Then in verse 33, he says something similar, gives us the same idea. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the whole door. And we get the picture. The kingdom of God has influence. It's like the yeast. It influences the dough. It brings expansion. It brings life. It brings something that will feed. It causes a tree to grow to a level that brings shade to the birds. It starts off as a small insignificant seed, but it spreads and it grows. Jesus is saying, look, the manifestation of the kingdom, the influence of the kingdom here on earth, it will grow and grow and grow. And it has grown. From 120 people in an upper room in Acts chapter 2 to over 2 billion people today all across the world. That is amazing. You're not part of something small and insignificant. You're part of the kingdom of God. We're part of something that's growing like the mustard seed, that's spreading like the yeast. But also in that same chapter, in Matthew 13, Jesus gives us another dimension to this picture verse 24, he says this. The kingdom of heaven is also like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And while he was sleeping, the enemy came along and sowed weeds. So when the wheat started to grow, the weeds grew with it. The servant asked the master, shall we go and pull all the weeds up? No, says the master. Let both grow together until the harvest. And Jesus Interprets this we don't need to guess the interpretation he goes on in verses 36 to 43 to tell us what it means He says look the, the good seed is sown by God and it grows kingdom stuff stuff is my words not Jesus's words It grows kingdom stuff The field is the world the weeds are sown by the enemy the evil one and so we have evil in the world The harvest says Jesus is the end of time when finally the kingdom of darkness the weeds will be re- removed and the wheat, the kingdom of God, will be fully established. We sung of that time in the song, Because of You. And the point that Jesus is making here is, look, the wheat and the weeds, they grow together. They coexist until the return of Jesus. Bible scholars have coined a phrase for it. They call it the already, but not yet. The kingdom of God is already here, but not yet fully here. That's why we pray, your kingdom come. We as Christians live with the tension of the already, but not yet. We see manifestations of the kingdom in salvation and deliverance and healing, but we live with the fact that not yet is everyone saved. Not yet is everyone healed. We see the kingdom of God spreading all over the world like the mustard seed and the yeast, yet we see evil. We see atrocities and tragedies that make us weep. The kingdom already here, breaking out, expanding, but not yet fully here. Jesus gives us great encouragement. In John 16, verse 33, he says this, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And this morning the truth is this, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The overcomer lives in us. And because the overcomer lives in us, there is a strength that comes from heaven that can make us more than conquerors in Jesus' name. You will be an overcomer, you will not be overcome by the enemy in the name of Jesus. In Matthew 16:18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, they will not prevail against it. And this is not a picture of the church being attacked by hell and just about hanging on till Jesus comes. This is a picture of the mustard seed growing, the yeast expanding, the church taking ground, the kingdom of light invading the darkness, the church of Jesus prevailing. So with confidence, we take up the weapons of our warfare. We take up this prayer that Jesus gave us and we pray, Your kingdom come. Let salvation and healing and freedom flow like an ever increasing stream in this city, in this nation, throughout the nations, in the name of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, God's will. Is done perfectly. In heaven. His word is fully obeyed. R.T. Kendall comments like this. Our prayer then. Is that God's will in heaven. Will be mirrored here on earth. Without interference. Reluctance or rebellion. We pray that with increasing measure. Something of the order of heaven. Would invade earth. We pray. Heaven come down. We cry out with all of our hearts, heaven come down. I pray in Jesus' name, heaven come down over your life. I pray in Jesus' name, heaven come down over your family, your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren. Every generation that is under you, heaven come down in Jesus' name. Those who are born and those who are yet to be born, we claim them for heaven in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, heaven come down. By faith we live with great expectation. Our Father in Heaven has not finished with us yet. Are you glad about that this morning? Just tell the person next to you, your Father in Heaven is not finished with you yet. You see, we're all works in progress. One conference speaker said, I'm in the biggest room in the world. The room for improvement. And it's a very crowded room. Because we're all in that room. But our Heavenly Father, He's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with this city. So over this city we cry, heaven come down. He's not finished with this nation. Over this nation we cry, your kingdom come, your will be done. He's not finished with the nations of the world. The mustard seed is still growing. The yeast is still expanding. So over the nations we cry, hallowed be your name. So why not be proactive? Let me just get a little bit challenging here. Please don't let it be the same people who turn up to these prayer meetings. I used to read the databases when people filled them in. I used to get excited reading the databases. It would say, what ministry did you have? And, And so many of you had a ministry of Prayer Warrior International. Well, let's put it to use. Don't let it be the same old people. That turn out to these prayer events. Don't let it be the same people who bother to organize a prayer walk. You don't need to tell me. Just do it. Let's be proactive. Let's do something. I have taught you and I'll continue to teach you that action and prayer have to go together. Prayer on its own is not enough. Action on its own is not enough. The scripture teaches prayer and action have to go together. It's the picture of Moses on the mountain and Joshua in the valley fighting the Amalekites. As Moses' hands wither and drop down, Joshua starts to lose when his hands are up in intercession, Joshua starts to win. The two, the two are necessary and we do wonderful loads of action, incredible projects, make lunch, splash time, Zarak, ministering to the poor, but friends, I tell you, we need to pray. The men and women of God need to rise up. Who is going to pray if we don't? The unsaved are not going to pray. They may pray a prayer of desperation. They may pray a prayer of repentance. I pray they do. But they're not going to pray, heaven come down. Your name be held in high honor. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Why not organize a prayer walk? Why not get it in your diary? that One of those Thursdays you'll turn up. All across the world, over this season, Christians are li- lifting their voices, petitioning God, crying, Our Father together. We gather as Christians, of all denominations, right across the world, round one throne. One throne. And the God on that throne, He's mighty. He's mighty to deliver. He's mighty to save. And He's our Father. He's our Father. He's my Father. Let us join our voices, the Christians across the world over this month of June. Let us rise up in prayer, taking these words that Jesus gave us, and by His grace, let us see His kingdom come, and let us see heaven come down, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen Amen. and Amen. Let's stand together, friends. We're going to sing... A closing song that really is a prayer. And it connects so well with the sense of what I've tried to communicate. It's a, it's the prayer starts now with this song. And, and let's just really worship God with this song. Let's make it a prayer for each and every one of us. As, as Heather shared in her testimony, let's give our heart to God. We're and crying, and soften my heart. Heaven come down in my life. God, do a work through me, in my street, among my neighbors. Wherever it is, I go. Wherever you go, I pray the fragrance of Christ will be so obvious to the people around you. Pray wherever you go, something of the kingdom will come into that space and into that room in Jesus' name. Let's sing this song and let's just really make it a prayer of our hearts. And then let's just intercede as we finish the song and lift our voices in praise and worship. Thanks, Debs.